This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 116. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. So, as normal for today, December 27th, 2020, I am doing the weekly news and rumors roundup from the Big Four camera manufacturer rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's see what we have for this week. Let's do this! First up, patent for Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro lens. It looks like one of the most requested new lenses for the RF mount is getting closer with the latest patent designs from Canon. Canon News has uncovered a patent showing two different yet very similar optical formulas for a Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro lens, a lens that I expect will be announced in the first part of 2021. Canon Japan Patent Application 2020-204744 includes an RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro version 1, Focal length 100.56 millimeters, aperture number f2.88, half angle of view 10.96 degrees, total lens length 161.85 millimeters, with a back focus of 15.26 millimeters. Canon RF 100 millimeter f2.8 LIS USM macro version 2, focal length 100.00 millimeters, f number 2.88. Half angle of view, 11.02 degrees. Uh, total lens length is 166.36 millimeters. And a back focus of 15.78 millimeters. Now, to me, this is definitely some exciting news. I've been wanting Canon to release an RF 100 millimeter f2.8 LIS USM macro lens to replace the old EF version of that lens that I used to have. And this is definitely one that I would consider picking up if and when it is released. So it looks like there's a good possibility this lens could be announced in the first part of 2021. No guarantees, of course, as these are rumors, but hopefully this is a lens that will actually be released. That would definitely be exciting for myself and a lot of other Canon RF shooters for sure. Next up, Canon Rumors Pro Membership on sale for the rest of 2020. In 2020, I launched the Canon Rumors Pro Membership, a way for folks to directly support Canon Rumors with an ad-free experience on the site. There are a few other perks that are still being developed. Everything is slow to come to fruition for obvious reasons. I expect the new buy and sell forum upgrade to be coming first quarter of 2021. The $20 a year, which is... uh, Uh, $20 a year, which is $20 now includes a second year for free. The $75 lifetime membership is now $50 for the rest of 2020. 
How do I upgrade? You'll need to sign up for a forum membership. This is required to remove the ads across the entire site. If you click any of the links below, you'll be presented with a login screen and you just click register now below the login box. If you already have a forum membership, you just need to click your name in the top right hand corner to navigate to account upgrades. Thank you for reading and contributing to Canon Rumors over the last 12 plus years and hopefully the next 12 will be just as much fun. Membership plans, a CR Pro yearly, $20 a year, second year is free, ad-free experience for one year from the date of purchase, access to VIP forum, access to buy and sell forum, which is coming soon, access to pro member deals and discounts. The Canon Rumors Pro Lifetime, $50 forever, regular $75 price, ad-free experience for life from the date of purchase, access to VIP forum, access to buy and sell forum coming soon, and access to pro member deals and discounts. To the great people that purchased the limited lifetime membership, there have been some COVID-related delays on the free gift, but I hope to have that sorted out in the next week or two. So hang tight, I have not forgotten you. So this is definitely uh, some exciting news for the folks that are big fans and supporters of CanonRumors.com. I may have to consider the possibility of jumping on the lifetime membership while it's discounted for $75 because the ads, to be honest, are annoying. Uh, when I'm doing the news and rumor episodes, I always have to close all the, the little pop up and pop under and over ad boxes. It gets a little bit tedious. Uh, so I may consider that. We'll have to wait and see. Next up, patent a Canon ILC or interchangeable lens vlogging camera a bit like an Osmo. Canon News has uncovered a pretty interesting and pretty in-depth set of patents for what looks to be an interchangeable lens gimbal style camera, though there may not actually be a gimbal here. From this Canon patent, quote, in recent years, a video distribution service using a communication network such as the internet has become widespread and a user can upload captured video content to the video distribution service. Further, when a user shoots a moving image, it is required to shoot a moving image in a free posture in various situations and to take a moving image from various angles. As a related technique, an imaging device of patent document one has been proposed. The image pickup apparatus of patent document one makes possible makes it possible to invert the display of the of the display of the display unit according to the orientation of the lens unit while rotating the lens unit with respect to the main body about one axis to switch the shooting direction. I really don't know what to make of this or really what to call it. The DJI Osmo seems to be the closest product out there to this, but they aren't even all that close in design or execution. You can head on over to Canon News to get Richard's insights on this patent. And as usual, I'll include a link to this article uh, along with all the articles in this week's episode in the show notes so that my listeners can check them out for themselves. Next up, a Canon Speedlight EL10 is coming in 2021. This is a CR2 rumor. Canon officially announced their new flagship Speedlight, the EL1, back in October, and it's still scheduled to begin shipping in February. For the folks that can't deal with the eye-watering $1,099 price tag, fret not. A more affordable version is coming in 2021. I've been told that Canon will likely announce a Speedlight EL10 in the second half of 2021. No specifications have been given yet, but I think it would be pretty easy to figure out what the EL10 will be. One interesting note from the source is that the EL10 will also use an optical 
or an optional inter, uh, rechargeable battery. So that's definitely exciting. I've been saying for quite a long time now that I didn't understand why the camera manufacturers do not include rechargeable batteries with their speed lights, why a lot of them are still using regular AA batteries when you have the Godox speed lights that have a really big lithium ion rechargeable battery pack that come with them. And that battery pack lasts for quite a long time. You can get a lot of shots with a Godox uh, with this rechargeable lithium ion or lithium polymer battery. I can't remember which it is, but either way, you can get a lot of shots on a single charge. I can take mine out and shoot real estate every day with it for two, three, four days before I even have to think about putting it back on the charger to get the battery back up to 100%. So that's definitely impressive. It would be great if Canon is going to do something along the same lines by releasing a new series of speed lights that already come with some sort of lithium rechargeable battery. That is definitely some exciting news. And last up for Canon rumors this week, industry news, Nikon to end camera production in Japan. It looks like Nikon is making some major decisions during their restructuring. After more than 70 years, Nikon will end camera manufacturing in Japan and will move all production to Thailand by the end of 2021. From Ashi, this is Google Translated, quote, At last, Nikon will end the domestic production of camera bodies that has continued for more than 70 years. Until now, body manufacturing has been carried out at Sendai Nikon in Miyagi, Perfecture and Nikon Thailand NTC in Thailand, but in order to reduce costs, it will concentrate at the Thailand Thailand factory. Production of the mirrorless cameras Z7 and Z6 was completed at the end of September, and preparations for the transfer of production to Taiwan has begun. Our Thailand has begun in October. Production of the D6 digital SLR will be transferred to Thailand by the end of 2021. End quote. I do wonder how this will affect the used market. Well, uh, Japan made Nikon D6 retail uh, retained value better than a Thailand made Nikon D6. Us camera nerds can be weird about those sort of things. Now, I do agree with that point, um, but it's not all that shocking that Nikon is finally moving the last of their camera production and manufacturing to Thailand. Most people don't realize it, but the only cameras that Canon has still or Nikon has been still making in Japan were the D5 and D6. All of their other cameras, mirrorless and DSLRs, have been made in Thailand for quite some time. So it's no shock that they've decided to go that route to cut costs with their flagship DSLRs as well. No, no surprise there, no dramatic thing. It's no, no conspiracy theory or anything like that. It's something that Nikon has been doing for quite some time. They are just finalizing uh, the move of all of their camera production to Thailand in order to cut costs, you know, because like I said, Nikon's been hemorrhaging money for a while now. And a lot of people are worried about whether or not they were going to survive the latest camera wars with the with the mirrorless full frame bodies. You know, Sony and, and Canon are number one and number two. Canon's number one. Sony's number two. They took the number two camera manufacturer slot from Nikon a couple of years ago. And they've been running with it ever since. So there's no surprise there. When I heard this, I was like, that makes absolute sense because Nikon needs to cut their costs of production as much as possible so that they can stay competitive and stay in business. All right, so now we're going to move on to Nikon rumors for this week. 
First up, the Mikey, M-E-I-K-E, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, MK-420N flash for Nikon cameras has a review and a price of $54. An external flash is a necessary tool for photographers when the light is low, even for cameras with a built-in flash. The built-in flashes are okay for emergency use, but the feature of most external flashes far exceeds the power and features of any built-in flash. And high-end cameras don't usually come with a built-in flash. Mikey's MK420 flash has been available for Sony and Fuji and is now available for Nikon cameras. Its price makes it quite attractive, especially considering the range of its included features. If you have used the Nikon branded flash before, the features of the Mikey will be familiar. What's in the box? The flash, of course, a pouch, a stand, a rechargeable lithium battery, battery charger, um, and a diffuser. The flash has clean lines. It is not excessively heavy, though it does feel sturdy. It has an LCD screen for settings, four lit buttons for choosing options from on-screen menus, and a directional spinner that also clicks in four directions and has a central button. Plenty of options for making settings. The power switch has off, lock, and on position. The lock position disables the buttons on the back of the flash so that you don't accidentally change settings in the middle of a shoot. The flash mounts by sliding it into the hot shoe and moving a lever to the right. It's very secure and works much better than any mount, or than many mounts that I have seen. It's much, e much easier to use than the screw-down variety. On the front of the flash is an AF assist light on one side is a micro USB jack for loading firmware updates. The flash has a slide out diffuser and white card reflector like many Nikon flashes and the head will tilt from minus 7 to 90 degrees vertically and 180 degrees horizontally. It supports the standard Nikon ITTL mode, manual mode, sync mode to synchronize with other flashes and repeat flash. Its guide number is 42 at ISO 100. The included pouch is made of fabric that resembles uh, ripstop nylon. I don't know the actual fiber used, but it seems sturdy. Inside is it is a pocket at the right side for the stand and room enough for the flash, battery, charger, and charger cable. On the back is a belt loop with a Velcro mount that makes it easy to mount without removing your belt and a security flap to keep it from coming loose. The charger is compact and plugs into any USB adapter or computer with a USB-A jack. A, quote, wall wart uh, power supply is not included. Following the latest trend to not include these, you probably have a bunch of these laying around like I do. It has an LCD screen on it to indicate the charge level. The lithium battery pushes into the side of the flash and locks with a click. There is no battery door, but the battery fits flush with the side of the flash and looks exactly like a battery door would, so a door is not needed. Sliding a lever down causes the battery to pop out so that it can be removed. If you have an interesting idea for a guest post, you can contact me here. And there are a whole bunch of images of this new speed light. It does look interesting, and again, um, definitely exciting that and for the time being, like I said, it seems kind of silly, but only the third-party flash manufacturers seem to be selling their flashes with rechargeable lithium batteries. But as I said a moment ago, hopefully uh, the camera manufacturers will get on board with that in the near future and start manufacturing theirs with a lithium rechargeable battery as well. 
Next up, the first reviews of the new Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z full-frame autofocus lens for the Nikon Z mount are already out. And there are some interesting images that accompany this article. The first review of the new Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z full-frame autofocus lens are already out. You can view the review video on YouTube. Uh, there's a link to the video here in the article. Sample photos, photos can be found here, here, and here. The lens can be purchased at Amazon US. Get 10% off with code 10JOXMXV. You can also buy it at Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. Uh, per gear, Viltrox. Get 10% off with code Nikon Rumors and at B&H. And as always, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Deal of the day, the Tamron 70-210mm f4 DIVC USD lens for Nikon F-mount is now half off. Now, this article was published on December 23rd, but before I recorded today's episode, I did click the link and check, and as of December 27th, it is still $399, so the deal does still apply. This lens is now half price at $399, regular $799. You get the discounted pricing only if you purchase from the link in this article. Um, and it does show that it's $399. The kit includes the lens, a tripod collar, and a 64 gig SD memory card. Um, so that's a good deal, a really good deal on this lens bundle. And there's a few other deals that will be ending soon. Uh, 30% off any application or bundle. I'm not sure which uh, packaging that is. Up to 30% off on all DxO software. Save up to $750 on Zeiss lenses. Uh, Nikon lens rebates. Uh, Tamron lens rebates. Uh, discounts on Luminar AI and Capture One Pro 21. Uh, that includes some styles uh, that you can get for free as part of your purchase. Next up, updated Nikon Big Sur software compatibility. Nikon updated their Big Sur software compatibility. Here are the details. macOS Big Sur version 11.0 compatibility announcement updated December 22nd, 2020. Thank you for choosing Nikon for your photographic needs. We are pleased to announce the following regarding the compatibility of our Mac software products with macOS Big Sur. We do plan to resolve known issues and ask for your continued patience until fully, compa uh, fully compatible versions of software can be released. Note a dialog asking whether to allow an application to access files and folders may be displayed the first time it is launched. If this dialog is displayed, click OK each time. So for software, the Capture NX-D version 1.6.4 on uh, Intel CPUs issue 1 below occurs. Apple Silicon currently undergoing testing. Uh, the View NX-I, including new View NX Movie Editor and Nikon Transfer 2 version 1.4.4. Intel issues 2, 3, and 4, and 5 below occur. Apple Silicon, they're still currently testing. And there's a bunch of other uh, programs here, including their webcam utility. I'm not going to read off all of them. But the issues um, that I mentioned are, number one, processing is not performed when the start button is clicked for a for convert files or run batch process. Two, view an XI uh, stops responding, freezes when custom settings is selected from drop-down displays. 
uh, display options for the adjustments file and camera information or XMP slash IPTC information palette. Three notification audio and thumbnail cache options are not displayed in the general panel of the preferences dialog. Four image previews are not properly displayed with selection of print, email, or contact sheet. And five with full metadata display selected for the XMP IPTC information palette, label icons, overlap label names. We do not... Uh, we do not intend to provide compatibility with the following applications, and there's a bunch of Nikon's older applications here that they're saying they will not offer compatibility updates for. In addition, we do not plan to provide compatibility for other software or SCSI or serial connected products. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. For more information regarding this matter, please contact Nikon Customer Support. And, of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. And last up for this week from Nikon Rumors, the first Nikon Nikkor Z50 f1.2 S lens reviews are now out. Uh, There are some accompanying images here. Uh, Review at uh, Keith Wee. We, quote, we touched on the build optical and auto performance, uh, autofocus performance, and I will conclude that the Nikkor 50mm f1.2s is and will be one of the optically best lenses available in a Z-mount. Even the minimum focusing distance of 0.45 meters is impressive, allowing one to literally obliterate the background at this distance to the subject with impeccable sharpness and details. However, if we touch on the worth of the Nikkor 50mm 1.2s, it gets trickier. Like Leica's 50mm f0.95 uh, Noctilux offering, these super-fast lenses are tools designed for extreme low-light or specific uses. Optically excellent lenses do not immediately make a person a better photographer. In fact, it is not correct to even say one will get this 50mm 1.2S to only shoot wide open or if it is a family portrait shoot, uh, shoot in a studio. I will have to step the aperture down for sure. Uh, Richard Hall did a review as well, and there's also a, a review at uh, ePhotozine. Uh, pros, outstanding sharpness, virtually zero chromatic aberration, excellent flare resistance, excellent handling, quality manufacturing, custom functions for L-FN function button, beautiful rendition of light sources, virtually no distortion, beautiful bokeh effects. Cons are the high price and the fact that it's a bulky lens. There's also a review at Camera Labs um, and a review at Digital Camera World. They all have pros and cons, and there's accompanying YouTube videos for these reviews so that you can check them all out for yourself. There's actually quite a few, uh, quite a few uh, video reviews here um, that you can get on YouTube, or you can watch on YouTube. The current price for this lens is $2,096.95. It can be purchased at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Park Camera, Calumet DE, and Camera Canada. And that is going to wrap up the news and rumors from Nikon Rumors for this week. And I'm going to go ahead and take a short break now. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter at LiamPhotoATL. On Twitter, you can tweet the show, just insert the hashtag LiamPhotoPodcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back, and now we're going to move on to Fuji Rumors for this week. Last week, a Fujifilm X and GFX deals. This is the last week for these deals from Fujifilm. Also, stores are constantly updating their holiday deal pages with new deals, so definitely check them out. Your general holiday deal pages, Amazon US, B&H Photo, and Adorama. XF lens deals, the XF 23mm f1.4, you can save $150. The XF 16-55mm f2.8, save $300. The XF 50-140mm f2.8 OIS WR, save $300. The XF 55-200 f3.5-4.8 OIS, save $200. The XF 100-400mm f4.5-5.6 OIS WR, save $500. Now, all of those Discounts are available at PH Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. X Camera Deals, you can get the XT4 body uh, or kits with vertical battery grips, save $200. The XT4 with Atomus Ninja 5, save $200. The XT4 with Ninja Atomus uh, 5 and more freebies is available for $294 savings. That one is at Adorama only. The previous one of the X-T4, the Atomus Ninja 5, for $200 off is B&H Photo only. And the first one is $200 off at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. The X-T30 body only or with any kit lens, save $100 at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, and Focus Camera. The XE3 body only or with any kit lens, save $200 at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, and Focus Camera. The XT200 body only, save $250. The XT200 with 15 to 45, save $300. The X100V plus free donkey bag or strap. Um, and all of those are available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. On GFX gear, the GFX 50R, you can save $1,000 at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. All Fujifilm deals can be found under Fujifilm X cameras, Fujinon X mount lenses, Fujifilm GFX cameras, and Fujinon G mount lenses. All of these links will be in the show notes so you can check them out for yourself. Officially, Fujifilm recommended SD cards are the Toshiba Xera Pro, the SanDisk Extreme Pro, the Sony SFG and the Lexar Professional 2000X. Officially, Fujifilm recommended power banks are the Anchor Power Core Speed uh, 20,000 PD and the Anchor Core uh, Anchor Power Core Plus 26,800 PD. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, all of these uh, will be available in the show notes for this week's episode, so you can check them out for yourself. Next up, Fujifilm X-E4 will not have a fully articulating screen like the X-S10 or the X-T4. 
A few weeks ago, we broke the rumor that Fujifilm XE4 will not, ha- uh, will not have a fixed screen. Among the 180-plus comments shared in that article, some were surprised as this would be the first XE camera after the XE1, XE2, and XE2S, and XE3 not to have a fixed screen, whereas others feared, hoped for a fully articulating screen like the X-T4 and XS10, given the 2020 rise of selfie screens. Now sources would like me to clarify that the XE4 will not have a fully articulating screen like the one on the XS10 or X-T4. As a former owner of all XE cameras except the XE2S, I would have been totally fine with a fixed screen, but depending on which design Fujifilm chooses, I could be happy also with a non-fixed screen. I wrote my pers- uh, my preferences here. And of course, there'll be an art- a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Merry Christmas and thank you to sources, supporters, and to you. Now, this is again from FujiRumors.com. This was posted on December 25th. I would like to wish all the Fuji Rumors readers Merry Christmas, and I want to take this little space to say thank you to our amazing sources who are always helping me find the right track in the thick rumor jungle. To all those who supported me by using affiliate links or clicking on Google banners, it's really as simple as that. Without your help, this blog would have to close tomorrow morning. And also, thank you and love to all those Fuji uh, Fuji Rumors readers who share Fujifilm news with me, comment kindly, criticize my work constructively, voted a survey, shared an article on social media, or simply stopped by to read this blog. Without your help and your massive engagement, this blog would be just a sad place with no comments and no breaking rumors, incapable of bringing fire and excitement into the Fujifilm community. Your wonderful support is the best Christmas present I can think of for this blog, and I feel blessed and lucky for that. I am thankful with all of my heart, and I try to give something back to the community by working as hard as I can to keep you informed and up to date with all things Fuji X and GFX 365 days a year. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Love you guys. Patrick. And there's a great little uh, thank you Fuji Rumors uh, photograph of a bunch of children holding up a banner that says thank you Fuji Rumors. That's definitely cute. And a Merry Christmas to you as well, Patrick. Next up, Fujifilm Instax Wide Printer Concept. Fujifilm went rather crazy with its Instax products from the Hello Kitty Instax camera to the Taylor Swift Instax SQ6, Instax printers for square and mini format, and all sorts of film variations like the Instax Star Wars film or the Instax monochrome. And it makes sense as Fujifilm's strongest product in the imaging division is Instax. But despite kicking out all sorts of products, Fujifilm continues to ignore one product that I am sure would be a huge success, a Fujifilm Instax wide printer. We have asked for it several times, and I included in my list of three big errors Fujifilm is making, but nothing has happened. So it's time to raise our voice one more time and let Fujifilm know about our desire for such a product by sharing an email I received from Jacob. Here on Fuji Rumors, we say it since uh, we say it since year. Uh, years, uh, we say it for years now. It's a typo here. I apologize. 
Fujifilm needs to give us an Instax wide printer, but so far nothing has happened, but we will not give up. For this reason, I'd like to share an email I received from Jacob, who made a rendering of an Instax wide printer and included a short wish list. I hope this helps to remind Fujifilm that we'd love to get one. And uh, the uh, article is here along with some mock-up images that look pretty cool and interesting. And you'll be able to check this out in the show notes for yourself. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, this new app gives you access to over 100 film simulation recipes. Fuji X Weekly has launched his free uh, film recipes app that gives you access to over 100 film simulation recipes for Fuji X cameras. You can get extra features if you pay. These JPEG settings allow you to get various straight uh, looks straight out of camera and many based on film stocks such as Kodachrome, Porta, Tri-X, Superior, Vista, and many more. If you have a Fujifilm X camera, there are film simulation recipes in this app that are compatible with your gear. It is a great resource for Fujifilm X photographers. Simply select the recipe you want, adjust the JPEG settings as required, and shoot. You can download the Fuji X Weekly app for iPhone here. Android app is in the works. And I'll include, of course, a link to this article in the show notes so that my listeners can check it out for themselves. Download this app and play around with the more than 100 Fujifilm X camera film simulation recipes for themselves. And now we move over to Sony Alpha Rumors. Manny Ortiz... This $6,000 camera has Lightroom and Instagram built into it, the Zeiss ZX-1 First Impressions. Now, the Zeiss uh, ZX-1 digital camera has finally released. It is a $6,000 camera. Manny does include an awesome YouTube video that my listeners can check out for themselves. It is an interesting camera, uh, not something that I would be interested in. I think it's a little too limited for the $6,000 price tag, but hey, if you've got the $6,000 to burn and you've always wanted a Zeiss camera, well, now's your opportunity to empty your wallet to the Zeiss gods, so to speak. Next up, Sony A7R4 used to film NFL football game. Sony A7R4 used to film an NFL football game, Sports Video Rights. Quote, the camera run by veteran camera operator Mike Smoley was outfitted with a Sony FE24-70 f2.8 G Master lens, which, while shooting in HD and using in-camera autofocus, delivered the shallow depth field that differentiated the image in such a unique way from the other broadcast cameras on the show. From the rig, the video signal was shipped to the truck via a 1080p wireless transmitter provided by CP Communications. Quote, the future of this camera is pretty wide, he says, noting the significant cost savings. The rig in total amounts to approximately $10,000 and the relatively simple learning and training curve. The ethos at Fox encourages this type of innovation on the ground. It doesn't matter where an idea comes from, we'll take it. I'm just really proud of this crew and it only gets better from here. So there you have it. Uh, Fox Sports has been using an A7R4 to film a Seahawks game to see how it would work. And it looks like this is going to be a win-win for everybody because it's a very cost-effective rig at only $10,000. I mean, you got to realize some of the broadcast video cameras 
that are used for professional sports like football cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So to be able to get the same quality video from a camera that only costs, you know, $3,500 and then with the additional rig equipment attached to it runs the tag up to $10,000. That's a no brainer versus $100,000, $200,000 for a broadcast camera. That is definitely a win for the broadcast company. Next up, big software savings ending soon on Luminar AI, Topaz AI, and DxO. We got three software deals this week. Luminar AI ends today. You save around $80 on this Luminar AI Super Pack bundle. Save an additional $10 using our checkout code SAR. If you don't need this full pack, get the software alone here. Luminar AI $10 discount with our code SAR. All features with interactive slider can be found on that official Luminar AI page. Topaz AI ends on December 31st. If you use the code HOLIDAY15, you get an additional 15% discount on top of the new 30% discount on all Topaz products. This is what you, uh, this is what you save on the single products. 45% off on uh, all of them, including Mask AI, Adjust AI, Denoise AI, Video Enhance AI, Sharpen AI, Gigapixel AI, JPEG to RAW, Utility Bundle, Creator Bundle, and Topaz Studio 2 are all 45% off. At DxO, till December 31, you can save up to 30% on all DxO products. The Night Collection, Photolab uh, 4 Elite, Film Pack Collection, and Viewpoint Software. And of course, I'll include this article in the show notes so that you can grab these savings for yourself. Next up, Viltrox has announced the new 24 to 30, uh, 24 to 35 to 50 millimeter f1.8 FE autofocus lens. The lens should be available for pre-order soon at the Viltrox online store with uh, worldwide shipping. On top, you can see the new 35 millimeter f1.8 FE. And there's a link to this article in the show notes. And the image for the lens does look amazing. That is one cool looking lens for a Sony full frame mirrorless body. And last up for this week, poll, what was the best product announced in 2020? Of all products we got in 2020, let us all know which one that which one you think really stands out. The one very best product of the year is the a7C, the A7S3, the ZV1, the FE28-64 5-56, the FE12-24 F2.8 G Master, the Sony FE 20mm F1.8 G, the Sigma 24 F35 DG DN, the Sigma 35 F2 DG DN, the Sigma 65 F2 DG DN, the Sigma 105 F2.8 DG DN Macro, the Sigma 85 F1.4 DG DN Art, the Sigma 100 to 400 F5 to 63 DG DN OS, the Tamron 17 to 70 F2.8 DI3-A VCRXD, the Tamron 70-300 F4-5-63 DI-RXD3, or the Tamron 28-200 F2.8-56 DI3-RXD, and you can vote for which one you think was the best product of 2020, and the poll results will be released on Sony Alpha Rumors at a later date. 
Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is named the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I have also opened it up to allow you to give the names of a previous guest on the show, uh, which will also get you in and prove that you're a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work to the group. If you would like creative critique of your images, you can post them with the comment CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers. Now, I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the GFX 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions. The questions are, do you own or plan to own a GFX 50R, and what style of photography do you shoot primarily? You can find my work at www.liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LiamPhotoATL. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and the first book in the series, The Northwest Counties, is now available. All right, so that is going to wrap up episode 116 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. And I will see you all again in another seven days.